Hey, this is your host, Paul Edsbitter Jr., and I'm here to remind you that if you have access to iTunes, we ask that you rate and review the show. That way, we'll be able to climb the charts and continue to deliver bigger and better guests so that we can continue the educated hustle journey. And now, let's start the show. the Educate Hustle Podcast. This is your host, Paul Antibodeo Jr. My co-host, Emilio Porter. Emilio, what's going on, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. So, I, one of the crazy things that came out last week was we found out that Netflix is $20 billion in debt, right? Like, isn't that crazy? It is crazy, but it probably isn't crazy for a lot of the reasons that people think. So, uh, yeah, there was a part that Netflix has... $20 billion in debt uh, in debt and liabilities and you know first kind of thing you think about is like oh man Netflix broke but if you really look at it uh, Netflix isn't broke you know their their business is doing very well uh, they're making so much money off their content uh, that debt is actually good debt so uh, the, the money that they're using to invest in themselves is actually creating 2.5 billion dollars in cl- in cash flow uh so it uh it's basically making money uh even though you know debt sounds like a negative word it's actually good for them uh their users are up their subscribers are up um they're like they're creating their own content so uh netflix you know they're doing very well for themselves i just wanted to you know make sure if you're a netflix user netflix subscriber stock hold, stock owner shareholder uh, you know, Netflix is doing pretty well for themselves. Uh, last time I checked, they were over $180 uh, per share uh, on the stock market. So uh, I know it's it's doing pretty well for itself. So uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely continue to Netflix and chill in the years on the years to come. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's crazy is you know my co-host is anti-pop culture like y'all got him so mad that he had to come onto the show to steer the shit right like that's phenomenal in his own right because he, you know paul's not with it but you you guys got him so upset that he's like let me let me let me tell these young let me educate them like what's really going on but no that's incredible i mean you know i'm a netflix uh subscriber and I could tell you, like, the landscape of Netflix has changed phenomenally. I know when I joined back in, you know, 2010, uh, a lot of Netflix was just movies and TV shows, just, you know, random old ones, you know, some new ones that are still on. Now you fast forward seven years later, and it's like everything they push and promote is a Netflix original. And they have originals for, like, everything. Like, I'm always amazed when I go on there, like, all this original content that they're bringing. And I was never worried because I, I, I get like, you know, if you're 20 billion dead, that means you, you got some shows on the way. And Netflix has shows on the way. I feel like every month there's a show that they don't really even advertise. Pops up. You play it just on a whim. And you're like, oh, my goodness. Why didn't no one tell me about this? You know, shout out to Ozark. I, I did episode one. And I was just amazed how brilliantly well it was. And no one's really talking about it. Like, it's incredible. So, yeah, Netflix is, is, is in, in my household, it's a constant and it's just like you know as a netflix investor i you know i, I was never worried because i see how the stock is going up and it's, it's been going up quite well i wish i had a you know wish i had kind of scooped up more stock when the price is 75 but i was i was doubting netflix but yeah they they definitely made me uh, uh as they say uh eat the eat my words 
<laughs> and yeah, man, all I do is watch Netflix original content, man. I mean, um, I don't even like like you said before, when Netflix kind of was back in our college days, it was more TV movies. But now they have their own content, and that's some of the best stuff on there. I mean, Orange is the New Black is on there. Everybody's watching that. Um, you know, everybody's watching Narcos. You know, all these different shows that uh, people like to watch. Um, are better than the ones that they had on there before. So um, I'm definitely, you know, a big fan of Netflix. And I think, you know, they're attacking the cable companies, which is great because, you know, my co-host, you know, got me on the cutting cable tip. I was kind of worried on the before because I've had cable so long that I needed it. But, you know, there's so many other options to get your streaming services, whether it's, you know, the Fire Stick from Amazon or, uh, finding somebody who has cable using their password and stuff to watch ESPN, uh, you know, when you need to. So Don't tell it yourself too much, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, shout out to my parents. You know, one time I got to make sure uh, I keep them on my ESPN. But uh, basically, yeah, I mean, we're from that generation. We're going to make it hard on these cable companies to take advantage of us. So they got to make sure they change their business or they're going to lose our business. Yeah, and, and that's it. like, you know, to go out of a tangent, I, I remember my, my company, cable company, they called me up one day and they were like, you know, you should get cable. And, da, 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 and I was telling them, no, I'm good. And they're like, well, sir, like, how are you going to watch your favorite shows? And I really wanted to pop off and be like, you know, cable don't got narcos. Cable don't got Last Chance You and Orange is the New Black. And, but, you know, you, you can't do that. You got to be politically correct. But, no, yeah, I think all, you know, a lot of millennials, like, we're, we're realizing, you know, cable's whack. Like, why am I spending these hundreds of something dollars to watch one channel or watch one show that, you know, quite frankly, you probably can get easily online. And at the most cases, maybe wait a day or two, it is there. So, yeah, a lot of us are finding out ways to cut the cord, and we're doing it. Like, me, I've been cable-free since, oh, man, it's been so long. I don't even, you know, I couldn't tell you. I'm, I'm that guy that when you see those direct TV representatives come through and they're in Walmart and they're trying to get new buyers, and they be like, sir, can we tell you about? And I get to say, oh, I don't got cable with that grin. They already know, all right, so have a good day. So <laughs> it's like <laughs> you you just get used to it because it, it's, it's a matter of fact now, and it, it's affecting the cable company. It truly is because, you know, now they're doing is they're raising internet. They're catching on, so they're raising the internet. But, I mean, you know, that's just little small stuff they can do in the, in the meantime. But, no, I, I definitely agree. You know, having Netflix makes it a lot easier to say bye-bye cable because, in, in all reality, I, that's what I watch on a daily basis. I agree, man. And uh, kind of shifting our, you know, news to the, uh, I know you're a big fan of the company EA Electronic Arts. Uh, for those who don't know, they make video games uh, and their latest basketball game, NBA Live 18, that's coming out, uh, will be featuring uh, the WNBA teams. And uh, I'm going to let my co-host kind of explain why that's such a big deal. Yeah. That is such a big deal because it's all about representation. You know, they will be the first game ever to feature WNBA players. And the cool thing about that is it's probably going to get more females actively involved in playing that game. You know, kind of like how 
you know, males typically assess over 2K. Now women have a game that they can, you know, assess over. And I, I definitely know, like, women in college, you play for these college teams, that's going to be a big thing for them because you can play now as your favorite woman player that you probably look up to. And it's going to, they're going to get the full deal. They're going to be able to play online. The players have been face scanned, so they're going to look like who, you know, who they look like in real life like it's gonna be such a big deal and it's gonna bring such a new era of hope and i think the cool thing about this year is like we had wonder woman come out earlier and little girls were looking at wonder woman and realizing no i can be a hero i can i can stand up with the boys and now people are gonna be playing this you know the WNBA component of nba live and realize like i too can have fun while playing this you know the old common thing is like oh you can't mess with you know can't mess with my boyfriend now he's playing 2k now it can be the boy the boyfriend can't you know talk to me because the girl's playing nba live like she's jamming on someone with with Britney G so it's definitely an interesting aspect and I'm really happy that they are coming to the forefront and bringing this in there and and, in a little way they're kind of taking the jump on 2k because they're saying you know you guys you catered to males we're catering to everybody and I think that's gonna definitely show itself this year and as a little quick plug you know a little quick plug the NBA Live 18 demo drops this Friday, August 11th. And yes, before you even ask, the WNBA teams will be there for you to try out and use. Yeah, man, that sounds like a definitely a cool concept. And I know, uh, like you said, FIFA was um, one of the first to do it with, the, with women's soccer. So hopefully we can kind of see that same success with uh, NBA Live 18 uh, so that we can put a little bit of pressure on the other video game companies to... You know, make sure that they're representing the uh, representing women as well. So um, that's definitely important uh, from 2017 on. You know, it's all about diversity and inclusion. And uh, I think we're going to get a heavy dose of diversity and inclusion with our guests today. Yes, yes, yes. We are proud to bring on the lovely, the incredible, the talented, the hard work and the amazing. The list of adjectives, superlatives goes long. I'm just going to say it right now. Today's lovely guest is Mrs. Janice Omedeki. Yep, she is the uh, CEO of the Mentor Method. Uh, so she definitely dropped a lot of gems about diversity and inclusion. And she helps people of color find mentors uh, through her company, the Mentor Method. Uh, and she links them with companies who are looking to improve their diversity and inclusion uh amongst their you know employees so it's definitely uh, an engaging interview you know janice is is uh super passionate about it you can hear it in her answers uh and she wants to create a world that uh includes you know women of color uh people of color to to the workplace because a lot of companies think that just because they hire somebody black or if they hire somebody hispanic it's like, all right, we got diversity in here, but, you know, you got to really get to know the person. Like, what is what is uh, this person interested in? What can we do to make you feel like part of the group? Um, how can we embrace what you what your culture is about? And, um, you know, how can we embrace the ideas that you have for your company? So I think uh, Janice has definitely found a great uh you know, found a great passion project that uh, she's turned into a business and now she's able to kind of spread it to the people who need it. Yes. And this is a service that's available nationwide. 
please, if you have not, look into it because it helps you partner up with a prospective mentor who, if everything goes well, they might just offer you a job at their company or at least in some way change your life. And she'll go into more detail in, about the whole Zach Prosser interview. But yes, she, it's it's amazing. I'm really excited to bring this episode to you because we had no idea about the mentor method. But now that we know, oh my gosh, I guarantee you guarantee you that this is going to be a big thing and we're happy to do our justice by supporting it but listen i'm not gonna hold you guys up for too much longer as a commercial break you can look forward to miss janice omadeki all right and today's guest is miss janice omadeki janice how you doing today i'm great how are you great and she is the uh, ceo and founder of the mentor method and uh the first question is you know, how did you get started with the mentor method? And can you explain to our listeners, you know, what the mentor method is? Great question. I started the mentor method late 2015 in seeing a need for more corporate mentorship as well as diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Um, So I'm a woman of color in tech and a first-generation American from the Congo. And right after um, getting out of school, I knew I wanted to be successful. I knew I wanted to climb up the ladder very quickly. And so in reading all of the countless blogs and career articles out there, people say, use your network and get a mentor. Well, my network wasn't as robust. I was young, 21 years old. Um, my parents didn't have golf buddies that could just get us an internship right away or anything. So I went the mentorship route. And it took a long time. Um, I tried networking events, and they were really awkward. It was almost like asking somebody out, but for them to help you contribute to your 401k, it it was weird. And so I tried corporate mentoring programs and they were equally as disappointing. I found that oftentimes companies would match me based on being a woman or a person of color or a graphic designer, and they never took into account who I was as a person. And so in pretty much every mentoring scenario, um, from a corporate perspective, I just never had enough in common with that person. I felt like they were just trying to get me to chug the company Kool-Aid and didn't take my career goals into account. So fast forward um, several years that I won't disclose now, but fast forward several years and got a certification um, in entrepreneurship from MIT, studied studied strategic management at the Harvard Extension School, Um, always knowing that I wanted to be a leader, always knowing that my background in graphic design was a starting point for something greater for me. And around Thanksgiving, I always think about the people who have helped me in my career. And I like to send out notes, just quick notes. I feel like it goes with the theme of thanks and it's less creepy and less out of the blue that way. Um, So I sent out thank you notes to my mentors and people who have helped me in my career. And I remember when I was early in my career, the fact that that list was Marie Claire magazine and my parents, and that was it. And then I was like, well, there has to be something more now for young professionals, right? Like, how are people getting mentors now? And in seeing that people are still using the same stale methods that I did, I knew I needed to create something different that would lead to real change. 
And that is amazing that you're able to actually see in action what you can do to help people actually connect and be better prepared for what they want to do in their network. And so the mentor method was that brainchild. Now, one of the cool things about the mentor method is when you originally started, it was basically you were selling mentor services perspective, you know, mentees. But then you switched to actually selling diversity service to larger companies. Could you tell us how the transition has been? And do you see like the mentor method keeping that course? Absolutely. We're staying enterprise a thousand percent because we're already starting to make some changes in corporate America that needed to happen a long time ago. So this idea came around December 2016 when I attended the White House Summit on Building the Tech Workforce of Tomorrow, still under the Obama administration, so everything was safe. <laughs> and um, and hearing, it was this great group of people. So there were huge companies like Bank of America and Capital One there, but then there were also tech boot camps and people who were tech educators. And there was this clear gap between the graduates of these tech schools and the companies that wanted to hire more diversely. And I was like, well, this is the perfect place for the mentor method to be, because what better way to reduce implicit bias help companies try before they hire, as well as give women and people of color more career opportunities than through mentorship. So it took our exact platform and our patent pending mentor matching algorithm, and now we're able to help more people um, faster through going enterprise. So I'm very excited about it. It's a big opportunity. Yeah, it sounds like a huge opportunity. And um, I'm really interested to see, you know, with your experience working with these companies and their diverse practices, um, what do you feel that companies are doing wrong when you're when you analyze them? And how do you coach them on uh, getting to that diverse talent that they're missing on? Yeah, so I wouldn't say they're doing it wrong. I think that the mentor method just wasn't around is how I see it. So they were using the current solutions that were out there, but they fall short because they're so focused on diversity that they're completely ignoring inclusion, which is equally as important. Because companies can hire as many women and minorities as humanly possible, but if those diverse candidates don't feel welcomed or included, then those companies have already lost. That leads to lower retention rates, they end up spending thirty dollars to $60,000 just to fill one position. That diverse candidate is like, why did I waste my time here? Thanks for the resume boost on LinkedIn, but this is really it. So, yeah, thank you for that that answer. I, I really do believe as a person of color, like when I go to apply things, that's something I want to look out for is, like, you know, definitely look at the company roster and see if it's actually a diverse company, as they say. And I know in Orlando, they could do a better job. And I'm glad to know that you with the mentor method, or at least reach out to companies around you to help make sure that people can see that, hey, this company is hiring people that look like me. So I know that definitely encourages people. So one of the cool things about you is you actually went to MIT and MIT is renowned as a very, very, very excellent school. Could you tell us how your experience was there? And then could you also tell us like what viable lessons you learned going there for entrepreneurship? Yeah, so let's clarify that. Um, I have a certification in entrepreneurship from MIT through MIT's Global Entrepreneurship Bootcamp. Um, and it was one of the most incredible opportunities I've ever had. So out of 5,000 ventures that applied, they picked the 75 best and brightest. 
the mentor method was one of them. We were only a month and a half old at that point. Um, I had gotten my LLC license, had a PDF of what I wanted it to look like and a landing page and grit and resilience. And that was it. And so I applied and was like, well, you know, my, so my mantra has always been let the world tell you no and see what happens. So I just threw out my application, you know, meditated, really wanted it. And we ended up um, being selected. So it was a week in Seoul, South Korea with 74 of my now MIT family, as I call them. But it was a really incredible, um, challenging, difficult experience. But it made me so much closer to the entrepreneurship community. Um, It confirmed the fact that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and that I needed to be an entrepreneur. And it helped me get to where I am now much faster. So it essentially took everything that someone would learn in four years or even a semester, and they condensed it into a week. And Bill Ouellette calls it drinking from the fire hose. And that's exactly what happened. We absorbed so much entrepreneur, entrepreneurial knowledge that we all were able to leave feeling empowered, feeling confident that we could at least get through the first year of, of startup land. Okay, and and that's that's really helpful. And I I, I kind of wanted to follow up on that and just ask, you know, what's probably a key skill that you know, just one one kind of key skill that you learned from that experience that you probably would have would that you would say have benefits you the most. Talk to your customers because they're the ones that will be paying you for whatever it is you build. Oftentimes. Um, and I've seen this first, and I'm sure maybe you've seen this as well, especially with Shark Tank and other um, outlets, but people will get so married to their solution that they ignore the customers that are telling them, yeah, you're solving this, but what we really need is that. So the MIT bootcamp was really helpful and hammering in the fact that customer interviews are important. Talking to your actual customers or people who are um, replicas of your target customers and finding out their real pain points. Like what's keeping you up at night? If you had a magic wand, what three things would you like to see out of a product like ours? Do you even care if there's a product like this? How much would you be willing to pay for something like that? And what was great is that they even brought in these incredible entrepreneur experts. I cannot remember his name now, but um, he was a creator of the Roomba, you know, the small vacuum cleaner that you know, gets in all those little nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. So the creator of that came, flew from the U.S. to Seoul, and he gave us a great workshop on how he was able to create this and scale as quickly as he has. I mean, this is a multi-million, probably even a billion-dollar company now. And the reason for that was because he and his team went out, talked to people that fit the target demographic, and asked them basic questions. Gave them a simple prototype, didn't spend too much time on it, and say, hey, what do you think about this? Watch them play with it, and then even ask them, what is the minimum amount you think this would cost in a store? Based on that information, they priced it at that, and they just started selling out, and here we are now, super successful brand. So I think if it's good enough for Roomba and robots, it's good enough for a company like the Venture Method as well. That is totally 
Correct. And I'm just crazy because it's like, wow, like I, I've seen the room bond sell. So like you had the actual owner and, and creator basically come and yeah. give you the the cheat the cheat code for it. And I mean, that's incredible. Like just being a room of dad. And also, I'm sorry for the delay, but you also earned a because that was some money advice we just gave. <laughs> can I just interject really quickly? I don't know how yes. if you can edit this or what, but I want to circle back to your question on what are companies currently doing and why they're falling short. Mm-hmm. In addition to what I previously stated, I think that companies are settling for good, but not great. So we have companies, especially in tech, which is where we focus, that are just saying, what diversity problem? We have like two black people in the company, so therefore we're diverse. And it's like, oh, banging my head against the wall. No, that doesn't count. But then we also have companies that are trying. They really are. Um, They have diversity and inclusion committees, and they have a chief diversity officer. But the problem with those two solutions is, first off, a DNI committee is usually built of the overachievers anyway. That means that they're overworked. Um, oftentimes, yes, they would love to do more, but they're already usually working well over 40 hours a week anyway. So to task them with being responsible to change an entire company's culture is a very daunting task for them. And then two, the chief diversity officer, yes, they have the passion. Yes, they may have the vision, but again, making it the sole responsibility of one human being to then change a company the size of eBay or a company the size of, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees is not necessarily realistic from a scalability and implementation um, perspective. Because that person's oftentimes in one of the tech hubs, right? They'll be in New York, they'll be in San Francisco, they'll be in DC, they'll be in Atlanta, wherever. But what about the employees that are going through a lack of diversity and inclusion in Missouri. Are we hearing their voices? How do we get those people heard too? Because they're feeling the pain as much as those larger tech hubs. And so that's one of the reasons why the mentor method is growing and getting a customer base because we see that, um, we recognize that, and we're a really easy way for companies to give those people voices as well as the mentors that they need to become more successful. Obviously, you know, Miss Omadegi, you have an amazing resume, and one of the cool things you actually do is you're an author for the Huffington Post. Could you kind of explain, like, what goes into your topic for articles, and what particular article have you written so far that you're most proud of? Yeah, well, thank you. Um, so, as you said, writer for the Huffington Post for their business section, and I typically write about the career advice and professional development that you're not getting anywhere else. So think about the advice you would want from your best friend's super successful older sibling that's just killing it in their career. Nobody really knows exactly what they do, but they somehow have a penthouse in the middle of Manhattan kind of successful person, right? How did they get there? What are they doing that the blogs aren't telling everybody else? How did they hack the hustle in a way that they were able to get that far so quickly? And so what I love to do is talk to those people and just ask them, how did you get there? Like, what did you do exactly? So that if somebody comes onto the Huffington Post or Medium or the Mentor Method blog, especially, they're able to learn directly from people who have been able to be successful. So for example, um, we did an interview with 
Adrian Albert, who is a very key player at the American Red Cross. Um, we had an interview with Matt Lozada at Wedding Wire, who runs their entire diversity and inclusion initiative right now, um, along with his co-chairs. We've, um, we've spoken to some really incredible people. Um, a member of my advisory board, Stephanie Breedlove, who was the co-founder of Care.com HomePay. Um, and they just share their knowledge and their success stories, as well as their failures, which I think is something that we don't see enough of. And I'm not saying failures in terms of like, shame on you, you know, you didn't do X, Y, and Z, but being real about how hard it is to advance in your career sometimes. I think sometimes we see these articles where people just say, oh, well, you know, I just woke up one day, made scrambled eggs, and then I made $150 million. And it's like, no, you didn't. It took mm -hmm. a lot of hard work. Like something happened. Like you didn't just wake up one day and there was $150 million on your lap. How did you do it? And so I like to ask people those questions so that people can really learn and hopefully implement some of those key tools in their own life. Okay. And yeah, and and, and it sounds like, you know, you're on the right track with all with that. And, and, and it sounds like it fits right in line with your brand. And you mentioned something earlier about, you know, your affinity for the tech industry. And I kind of wanted to know what attracted you to the tech industry specifically and how can people of color create more opportunities to break into that industry and be more represented? Great question. I decided to go with tech first. One, because I already know the space. I've been in tech my entire career. And so I understand and have seen firsthand the need for this change, having been somebody who's been treated as the token versus the asset that I was in a tech company. Um, also, too, we've seen the stats. They're out there. You know, there are 7.3 million tech professionals, and yet a lack of inclusion is one of the top reasons why um, people of color and women leave an employer. We see the stats that it can increase retention rates by 22% by being more inclusive. We see the stats that it takes a long time to replace candidates, and yet no real, we're, we're just, we're constantly talking about it, but I haven't seen anything really done. And I think that this is a great space for the mentor method to start creating those changes. Also too, tech is critical to creating innovation. I think that the tech industry is where we've seen, I mean, think of all, I mean, right, even right now, I'm speaking to you on Beats wireless headphones, and my Mac is on the other side of the room right now. You know, tech did that. And I want to play a part of the evolution of innovation by creating diverse and inclusive companies, because we know that that leads to stronger companies. We know that that leads to more innovation. And having people get out of that group think and create more diversity of thought, experience, and background is how we have the technological advances we have today. I mean, you could, it brings a tear to my eye because I'm, I'm, I was so in love with that answer. So one of the cool things about you is you started the Mentor Method in 2015. Now here in 2017, I'm sure the company has, you know, provided such great success for you that you're able to actually kind of whittle down like your clients and who you serve and who you help the most. Is there actually a most memorable success story that you remember with a particular client? Yeah. So 
Um, just to put it out there, so the Mentor Method, we got our LLC license in 2015. We launched with consumers and paying users September 2016. Ah, uh, okay. But no bother. It's depending on who you talk to. It's a whole different thing. But to answer your question, um, my most member memorable experience. Honestly, I'm touched by most. I'm touched by our users in general. I mean, these are people who are actively taking steps to become more successful in their careers. And you can't knock anybody for trying that. I commend our users for signing up and getting a mentor. And I stand up and applaud our mentors for donating their time and their experiences, being authentic, um, being real, opening their network to our mentees. It's really incredible being able to see that and being able to show people that with our matching algorithm, you're not getting matched to somebody who looks like you went to the same school or the basic parameters that we've all settled for. We match based on different parameters. That way you're with somebody who gets you on a deeper level and you're able to save time in terms of that. So what do you do and the weather kind of small talk and get to brass tacks, get to what you need to do to become successful and build a real relationship. My most, I don't know if it's successful, but the, the match that stands out for me, um, one of our users, Ashton, she came to us, she studied graphic design at General Assembly and she didn't have a four-year degree. So despite having grit and resilience and a strong work ethic, she was constantly getting rejection emails because she didn't have a four-year degree. So she joined the mentor method. Um, she got matched to an incredible mentor. And within two months, that mentor gave her a paying graphic design internship, which then became full-time after that four-month period. And that completely changed her life. I mean, she was a bar manager at TJ Fridays before, and now she has a full-time gig with benefits well over $40,000 plus in a new salary. I mean, it's where we're really able to, to change lives. Um, another recent one actually just happened yesterday. I got an email from one of our users saying that she had been so focused on the grind and getting to her next position. And she never stopped to think about why. And this is something she really wanted. And what is she actually doing to prove that she should get there? And she didn't think about that until her mentor gave her that brutally honest feedback. Like, I hear that you want to be a director, but what about your skills and qualifications show that you should get there? You know, what are you going to do to prove that you're an asset and that you deserve that? We're going to interview prep. You know, we're going to put together your promotion package. We're going to make sure that you have thought leadership opportunities. And so I just got an email from one of our users yesterday thanking us for matching her to Malika Simmons um, because she had never heard that before. She had been so used to getting pats on the back and, you know, millennial encouragement versus the real feedback she needed to make some changes in her career. Wow. So the proof's in the pudding, basically. Like, you know, yeah. That's just following. Okay. That's amazing. That is really amazing. And um, I think I want to know kind of what the process so say you know say i'm just say i'm on your website i'm interested in the mentor method and um you know i you know start the process you know what does that look like in the beginning and kind of walk us through how your clients uh match up with 
uh, their mentors? Yep. So for starters, those of you that are looking for mentors, it's free for right now. So get there quick before and now. Yeah, I saw like the bar just rushing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, sign up now because we will be um, charging a fee later on um, in the middle of fall. So definitely join now um, for free while you can. But in addition to that, so you go to thementormethod.com, you fill out um, a short form. We'll reach out with the onboarding steps from there. And then based on your responses, you get matched to a mentor from a company that wants to hire more diversely. And so let's say we're working with a large company with hundreds of thousands of employees and they're looking for people who are UX, UI designers, graphic designers, and people who can help with social media marketing. We go through our database and say, hey, based on those parameters and based on your company profile, here are 45 people that would be a good fit. Company selects the people that they'd like to mentor. And then you can be mentored by a vice president, but you could also be mentored by the really kick-ass mid-level engineer that you might be cubicle mates with. And that's the beautiful thing about what we do is that we don't discriminate between Just because you were born sooner and you've had more time to hustle does not necessarily mean that that person has to be your mentor. So we love giving our users a diverse um, perspective and mentorship. And so you work with your mentor for four months on professional development skills. That could be negotiation. That could be interview preparedness. That could be public speaking, networking, whatever the case may be. But we make sure that the mentee and mentor focus on the skills that won't just help them in their first job, but will help them when they are the VPs of their own companies. And then from there, if it's a good fit, you're invited to apply for open positions within the mentor's company. And then hopefully you send us a thank you card. That is incredible. So is this available like anyone in the nation can do this or is it limited Wow. So let me let me go ahead and open up this new tab real quick. Paul, you got the you got <laughs> but no, that is incredible. Like I, I, I really do feel like if you're listening, please run over, you know, push push whoever out the way. Hopefully they're not old or or, or, or children. Just get to a computer and definitely sign up for this. Um I guess one of the cool things about being an entrepreneur is you have to go through adversity, even though, you know, for the email so far, it's for the interview so far, it sounds like you've had an amazing experience with the mentor method. Could you explain like the times where maybe there were some down periods? Like what did you learn about yourself from those times and how did you deal with those down periods? (laughs) Um, I think entrepreneurship in general is probably the hardest thing and most rewarding and exhilarating thing I've ever done. There's nothing more terrifying and exciting than putting your heart and soul into something and then helping people understand, agree, and want to pay for it. It is very different than going to an employer. So with an employer, you're like, okay, that's your vision, but like, eh, it's five o'clock, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. When it's your own, I mean, I will do whatever it takes to make the mentor method successful. Thankfully, customers... Washington Business Journal, and other press outlets agree. 
So there's that, right? We're actually doing something that works and there's something that's scalable and will actually help people. But um, to answer your question, that's a tough one. Um, getting ready for our launch last September, September 2016, that was a very interesting period because we were gearing up for this launch, marketing, getting out there, building partnerships with influencers, everything that the MIT bootcamp had taught us, had taught me to do. And getting ready to just push the button and say, okay, this is live. We're going to start matching people. We're going to start testing our hypotheses. We're going to see if we can actually help people. That was a very, um, very scary moment. I know that it's not sexy or cool to say that you're scared of entrepreneurship, but it was because that was the make or break moment. You know, what if people didn't sign up? What if people were like, what? I have to pay how much? No way. What if the algorithm was off? There were so many different things that we were testing all at once that I was worried about something falling through the cracks. Thankfully, Pilot went extremely well, all paying users. We made some serious impact Um on the lives of our users that I still see sometimes the ones that are here in Washington, DC, I see them out and about and they thank me. Um, but yeah, it, it was very scary sort of hitting, hitting the live button and seeing what'll happen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, you hit that live button and you, you didn't look back and, and now you guys are, you know, gearing up to be a paid service. So that sounds like uh, you guys are on yeah. the right track. Well, we're not gearing up. We are a paid service. We started off paid, um, and that is how the mentor method will remain. <laughs> but um, we just changed our model a little bit. So before okay. the mentees were the ones paying, we're opening our doors for the mentees for free for our first 1,000 users. Um, we're getting pretty close to that 1,000 user mark, um, so I would definitely get in while, while the going is free. But, um, yeah, so now in our model – companies are the ones that pay for um, the mentoring component and the diverse job board. Okay. Gotcha. Good to know. And um, I guess I wanted to know, you know, with all this, with all the success that's going on right now, uh, you know, what do you see, what's your vision for the mentor network uh, in the future? My vision for the mentor method is to create a world where diversity and inclusion isn't such a daunting task for employers as well as the candidates who feel as though their voices aren't being heard. We know that it can impact the bottom line, but from an overall perspective, it creates innovative solutions. It creates real change that I think, especially in our political climate, we would like to see. Um, and it gives people, ideally what I want from the mentor method is to create a world where it doesn't matter if you were born on the wrong side of the tracks. It doesn't matter if your hair is blonde, red, black, purple, no hair, whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter if you were an immigrant. It doesn't matter if you're a first-generation kid who doesn't have extraordinarily wealthy parents. None of that matters. What matters is your grit, your resilience, your ability to get stuff done, and your ability to work with a group of people who welcome you versus just seeing you as a label to check off a box. That, that's really what motivates me on a daily basis, and that's what the Mentor Method is doing. Woo! Man, I, 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 
I don't think there's any better way you could say that. That was an epiphany right there. I mean, Jesus, Ms. Omadeki, you've you've come on here and you've definitely changed my world. And I could definitely say for Paul's like I'm already browsing the website, thementormethod.com, and I can just tell you from the from the layout and, and the look of it that you are definitely mean in business. But sadly, we've come to the point of the podcast where we're gonna hit you with the famous two piece. That's the final two questions. First oh, one that's is- so fast. I know it, it, it always is fast, but we've been here for almost, you know, I'm not going to give out time for our listeners, but it's been a long, it's been a long <laughs> while, but you know, when it's, when, when it's with me and Paul, time goes by fast. It just happens. So, <laughs> but the first question is always easy. How can our audience, the people connect with you? Yeah. So visit the go to the tech job seekers link. If you're looking for a mentor, if you're a company that understands it's time for a change and you want to join the new inclusion movement. TheMentorMethod.com slash business. Um, follow us on social media. So Twitter is at the mentor method. Same thing for Instagram. Um, and we're on Facebook, of course, as well. So would love to hear from you. Would love to see how we can help you. Exactly. And you heard it here, folks. Okay, the second one, a little bit harder. No pressure though, just you know, the last words that the people are gonna hear from you today in the interview. But what is some parting wisdom that you can leave with us today? Never come to your boss with a problem unless you have at least one solution to bring to the table as well. And if you're an entrepreneur, I know you said one, but I'm going to give you two. Um, If you're an entrepreneur, be married to the problem and be flexible in your solution. Well, well. That sounds like money to me. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing. We thank you so much for coming on to the show today, Ms. Omadegi. You have definitely been a a revelation. I know me and Paul are going to sign up for our free accounts. We hope that (laughs) our whole audience, you know, joins in because she said she's really near a thousand. I really do feel like she's at 999 and she's just like (laughs) waiting to say it's over with. But please go out and, and join the mentor method. It's amazing. And we just appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much for having me.